Welcome to the Unlocking Athletic Potential podcast with Ian and Johnny. Discussing our passions of sport, OCR, running, and fitness to help you perfect your craft. Welcome to the Unlocking Athletic Potential podcast. Ian Deef here, and as you know, we have been running these bite-sized episodes on the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, which unfortunately has come to an end. I've been absolutely glued to, I was, I was going to say glued to the screen, but glued to the screens. I've had my TV, my laptop, my iPad, my phone, sometimes four different screens on just trying to catch the different action that's been going on. It's been an incredible game. So obviously, most of my focus has been on the track and field program, but I've enjoyed the new events and there's certainly been other events that have captured my imagination as well. Now, here to sum up the games, particularly on the track and field front, is a former guest who knows a thing or two about track and field. He's certainly a scholar of the sport, follows it religiously, but also fairly decent athlete himself. He's actually the fastest man over 40 in 2019. He won the world championships in that year. Former GB Students International as well. Welcoming back one of our awesome guests, Gavin Stevens. Gav, good to see you, my man. Mr. Deef, great to be back on and uh, looking forward to talking Olympics to recap a few of the key key things. I usually don't watch much TV. I try and tune in athletics-wise for the Diamond Leagues and the odd Grand Prix, but I was totally absorbed by the Olympic Games and the track and field programme, even though there was no crowd, even though they introduced morning finals just every single session had many talking points and there were so many incredible performances we've got to kick off what was the performance on the track that stood out for you i think the games experience just to sort of recap and just my feeling about the games it felt different it felt like the athletes were almost treating it like a business knew that they were there to do a job that massive buzz of having the crowd is i think what brings out that, that real passionate feeling among the fans and the athletes but you know, we weren't let down by the performances across the board, particularly in athletics. World records, you know, PBs galore. They were just incredible incredible to watch. Been giving some thought on my highlights. Obviously, there's uh, a few a few performances that, that just stand out, particularly for us as, uh, as 400-metre fans. Those 400-metre hurdles were pretty incredible. Yep. I think we can really just appreciate what it takes to run faster than we've ever run on the flat yep. with 10 hurdles in the way, male and female. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Carsten Warholm fan. Followed him for the last four or five years where he's built up to this this ridiculous performance of a sub-46, 400-metre hurdles. Um, and Roy Benjamin yep. pushing him all the way and, and will do, I think, for the next two, three years. And I think has contributed to, to this performance and same in the female with McLaughlin and Mohammed, you know, these two girls trading blows over the races and just, just running times that no one thought would be possible, you know, going back a few years. Yeah, so. yeah there are three world records at those games, but actually five athletes dipped underneath the old world records because you had two athletes go under the, the previous world record of 51.90 in the women's 400 hurdles and then two athletes, which we've mentioned already, go under the 46.70 of the men's 400 hurdles. But for the women, Sydney McLaughlin, she knocked almost half a second off. These aren't fine margins that you'd expect in the 400 metres, like maybe a couple of hundredths at the best attempt, you know, 0.44 seconds for the women, Sydney McLaughlin breaking her own world record. And then Carsten Warholm breaking his own world record by 
three quarters of a second. This is just unheard of. And, you know, that record of Kevin Young, we've looked at it all the time when we were uh, sort of at, at our peak and thought, that's just a record that is going to stand and stand, and it has done. And then to get blown apart, it's one of them performances where, I mean, I watched it in the middle of the night, so I set my alarm and I thought this is going to be one not to miss. It felt like those memorable Olympic moments when uh, when I can remember waking up for like Redgrave for his fifth gold medal in uh, in, Ath- um, in Sydney. And uh, I thought this is going to be special. And yeah. just sat there at three o'clock in the morning just just shouting at my telly and just staring and thinking, my word. According to the statisticians, yeah. they have this, this table which shows athletics, times, distances across the board. And Usain yeah. Bolts is, is top of that list. Warholm's actually only rates fifth on really? that list, okay. which I just find absolutely remarkable. And again, maybe it's our 400 metre bias having run that event, but I, I still can't believe someone's ran 45-94 for the four hurdles. Like there were people who had relay splits in, in the men's final. I think there was a guy from Trinidad and Tobago who ran a 46 split. And that's the Olympic final four by four rolling start. You know, this guy's done it on the hurdles and the flat in the morning final. But yeah, where, where'd you rate it in terms of the yeah, best so, ever track of the Yeah, it's interesting. Did you put it as number one? I've had this, you know, a few people have asked me this question over the last sort of week or so. And people like to compare them. It's incredibly difficult to compare, I think, and say that one is, is better than the other. Yeah, yeah, agreed. For me, so I think in the shorter sprints, talent will win. Usain Bolt, you know, True. just yep. this incredible specimen who just just blew records uh, apart. That nine five five eight, I think it possibly, if you do compare him, it might still just just be in front because it's it's the speed of yeah, you know it, is it, 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 can someone move faster than that? Whereas you you could say, well, you know, someone can move faster than Carsten over a shorter distance. They just need to do it for longer, and they can beat that record. So. So, yeah. yeah, I think those short sprints, that just that talent is what will win the day. My appreciation of Carsten and the, and the 400 hurdles is, you know, I've followed him over the last three, four years. I know how hard he trains and he has been an absolute student at the event. Every element of it he has, he has worked on. So it's, it's the work that's been put in to achieve that time. And, you know, let's not forget Ry Benjamin right behind him and... Um, and I'm getting excited about next year already. And I thought, you know, off the back of this, is Carsten just going to go, okay, that's me done for a little bit. But he's going straight out to compete at the Lausanne in a couple of weeks to have a crack at the 400 flat. And we're all um, pre- particular time for oh, that. I can't wait to see that. What, what, what would you, what, what, yeah, what would you predict him for running for that? Do you reckon he could go sub 44? I remember Michael Johnson on the commentary commentated and said, it's not quite as simple um, it's just taking the hurdles out of the way, I mean, and, and just hitting a 400 because his race is kind of, with the stride pattern of the four hurdles, is, is all almost predetermined. So to take them out of the way will be a challenge for him, you know, just with the pacing. I mean, his approach is just to hit it hard from the start anyway, which yep. he just puts it out there, doesn't he, and, and says, if you can hang with me, then, then good luck yep. to you. I'm going to say it's got to be a sub 44, isn't it? If he gets the conditions at Lausanne, quick track. The time's always difficult to predict, but you can just see the way he pulled away from Benjamin, who was, as I say, half a second yeah. underneath the world record as well, over half a second inside the world record as well. Many of us probably fought off that last hurdle. Benjamin yeah. looked like he could possibly surge, and then yeah. the strength casting showed. I feel like 
Carsten, d- depending on the lineup, is going to have a strong chance of winning that race because he's a competitor. And I think it would be like condition relation related who he's against related. I'm sure he's going to get the lane draw he wants, which I'm going to guess is like a lane seven. He's going to want the outside lane because he always seems to prefer that. And yeah, if those factors all come together, I feel his potential is to go sub 44, but I'm going to be glued in for that one again. I, whatever time that works, 3, 4 a.m. Singapore time, I'll be glued into that, watch that early. Just on the best performance. Yeah, go on. The, another Norwegian, Jakob Ingebrigtsen in the 1500, just very quickly. I mean, again, a guy oh, who, good. is he yeah. 2021? His workload from a young age has just been phenomenal and he's blown records apart in Europe and now to do it at the, on the biggest stage and, uh, and run, run a 3.28. Quick time, you know, not always seen an Olympic final, took it out, looked phenomenal. Right up there as you know for the for the best performance for me. So uh, yeah, he was a yep. close match. Another Norwegian Viking power doing the business. Yeah, and and also you had the Norwegian win the yeah you did triathlon right as yeah well. that triathlon and, and again I I caught that sort of live because um, early in the morning over there sort of a late one just as I was going to bed and I just got engrossed in it and ended up watching the whole race. Alex Yi, who's um, lives just along the coast from me actually just an incredible athlete who's moved across the triathlon a lot of uh, a lot of the distance crowd wanted yep. him to stay and fo- focus on you know just athletics but olympic silver for him and then that last sort of k in the triathlon i can't remember the norwegian's name i don't follow it too closely but he was absolutely well. on the limit and then to run away from alex Yi, who looking at him looks more the runner and is just a phenomenal runner you would have picked... Christian Bloomfelt. That's right, Bloomfelt, yeah. You would, you would have picked Alex to win that, but that's what the Olympics done to you, uh, does to you. All day. You, know, you dig deep and find something that, you know, for that Olympic gold, you know, you saw them all just lying on the uh, on the blue carpet at the end. It was, it was, it was yeah. a scene. Yeah. It, it was an amazing event. Let's move on to the greatest Olympian in track and field of all time, or most decorated. Yeah. Alison Felix. 11 Olympic medals. She obviously took a, I think it was a surprise bronze in the women's 400. She didn't win the US trials. She obviously had the race in pedigree and experience, but I think there are other athletes who were potentially going to maybe challenge for that medal. And then that women's 4x400 meter relay, when that team came out and she was the only recognized flat 400 meter runner, you had both Mohammed and Sydney McLaughlin, the 400 hurdlers, the best two of all time followed by Mew, who just looks like the most natural runner on the planet That eight, when she won that 800-meter runners. I just looked and I text Skinzy and I said, world record upcoming here, and he agreed. And they narrowly missed out of the world record. How much they did they won, miss it by? It's about half a second. Was it? Okay. Yeah, but they won that race with ease. It was, it was a demonstration for them. And I just loved the fact that the USA went with that lineup. And, but yeah. Alison Felix, greatest Olympian of all time, do you reckon? Ooh, what an athlete. She's got to yeah, be out there. Yeah, she's got to be out there. For the longevity, you know, you come back to the longevity. Someone who's done it for that long, at the highest level, across a range of events. Um, and, and complications with, with childbirth as oh. well. Um, so that wasn't easy after she gave birth. You know, well, that's, that's where you start to bring things like that in. You know, an absolute pioneer for female sport. People who go through childbirth and then want to continue professional athletics or professional sport after, you know, to still still compete at that level and come back and still have the drive to do it, you know, with that family life as well. And also what she went through with her, with her sponsor, I think she felt wasn't getting the support 
through that process that yep. that maybe she felt she should have and kind of changed the thinking on that and I know a lot of athletes just for what what she's done on that front just hold her with such high regard for yep. her performances and for that yeah her performances it surprised me actually I didn't have her down for a medal but Bahamas obviously that gold medal um Miller, Miller Weebay uh yeah oh what a run and I I just love Stephen Gardner and Miller Weebay and you know their biggest fans and I think she dug deep for that one. We didn't see that one coming after the 200. Well, I did. I did. Yes. I thought I thought it was still there. But she ran a PB. You know, ran a PB by 0.2, 0.3 in the final. Yeah, was it 48.31 or something 30, around that yeah. distance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal time. And won it. You know, you look at her yeah. dive over the finish line previously to win it. And, and against, then she's done it by... Against, against Alison Felix. Felix. Yeah. And then, you know, seven, eight metres she won by this time. So just phenomenal. yeah. I was gonna gonna go back. Yeah. Alison Felix actually, after that dive in Rio, mm. felt that was unfair to to finish a race like that. Which I I love Alison Felix, yeah. but I can't agree nah. with her there. It's it's gun to tape, and whatever you do to get from A to B is fine. Yeah. And that dive actually just shows it was she didn't actually do it on purpose. She did trip, yeah. but had she done that on purpose, I think it just shows desire to get to that finish line had that happened the other rivalry i was going to say because just quickly going back to benjamin and, and warham they don't like each other do they i, I didn't realize there was uh, I'm not aware of that. a little bit of, I'm um, not aware of that. yeah okay. so there's been a little bit of uh, like there wasn't a mass yeah it wasn't a massive kind of congratulations from benjamin after the race and, and i sensed that was probably just because of the the disappointment after him running so far but then the old footwear debate came out with um okay. warholm yeah, said okay. like he, he didn't need the uh, the max fly technology yeah, okay. he could get away with it on his, on his pubers even though his pubers did have a carbon fiber plate so but um yeah and i think that's just going to spice it up oh, it and make does. it even that just, that just for, it for, for when those two meet again. it more for me i love that rival rivalry yeah. when it when it's like that you know yeah and that's what you like to see that real competitive element and i'm sure Definitely. you know they will they'll have deep respect for each other but when you're putting it on the line and uh Boy, you know, Carson's just been that yard in front for the last two, three years. Whatever Benjamin brings to the table, you know, Carson just seems to um, seems to just bring that little bit more. Yeah. But looking forward yeah. to next year, who would you pick? Who would you pick for Oregon next year? Got to go. Got to go with uh, Warham still. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's got this streak and this desire where you know, similar to Usain Bolt, he just brang his A game when it mattered. But but Warholm, I think, is is better in the sense that he brings his A-game every single time. The guy just can't be beat. And the fact he runs his own race, like he wants the outside lane because he likes being chased. Rather than being the the hunter, he likes being the hunted. Yeah. That mindset and that approach and the consistency over the years. Similar, we haven't seen a consistency like this since kind of Edwin Moses in the 400 hurdles. So I, I just feel he's got it. But a year's a long time. Benjamin's going to feel raw that that taste will be there i'm sure bitter for for that year and he, he will only have one thing in his mind to come to world championships next year a, a couple of things on that so that lane seven I, I was wondering if that was going to be significant you know with such a technical event based on stride pattern with um with the four hurdles and i thought is this going to be significant because obviously you can't can't choose your lane in a in a championship he's got to run that time from lane five after he's Every race I've seen for the last two years, he's been in lane seven in diamond leagues, etc. Yep. You know, you can just pick that lane. Yep. So 
when he gets back out in that lane seven, you know, you're matching up obviously the um, the added boost of, of the Olympic Games versus your preferred lane. So, you know, is is there more to come? I mean, good grief. It seems ridiculous yeah. to think there could be more to come off that. And also, so on Benjamin, that chat doing the rounds about his right leg lead. So he's actually left leg lead is, is preferred for four hurdles. It allows you to hug, hug the bends. And um, yeah, so right leg lead all the way around for Benjamin. You know, he's running half a metre further. Is he going to look at that and, uh, and think, maybe I've got to change this? Is, can he change it? You know, is it, is it going to be possible for him to change that? But is that a factor? That... He's not going to unlock his athletic potential, yeah. is he? I mean, that, that's interesting because he, he's, he's obviously going to be going back to the drawing board and thinking, flipping heck, you know. I, yeah. I do think there's a, bit more, the best I can uh, be. there's a bit more to come from Benjamin. I do think that, but... Whatever more, more, whatever more comes, I think Carsten will just bring more as well. So, yeah. Denise Lewis famously changed her takeoff leg, didn't she? In Haptathlon, yeah. she was having problems and she jumped, she changed from her preferred left, I think it was, to her right. There was an injury there. And actually, once she made that change, yeah. she actually jumped to PB off her weaker yeah, leg. Yeah. So, definitely something to look at. We'll send them a link to the podcast just in case he hasn't thought about it. And we'll I think he probably has. <laughs> yeah, I think he has as well. Best British performance? I think probably we're looking towards the middle distance. I've been um, looking at the British middle distance for, for the last 12 months and it's kind of been the standout, standout events, male and female. The girls who really brought it, brought it to the table. Um, fantastic bronze for Josh yeah. Kerr. Um, I think we were looking towards Jake Whiteman in the 1500. Yeah. Didn't quite get it right in the final. But yeah, the girls, um, Keeley Hodgkinson, wow, 19 years old. British record, silver yeah. medal Olympics, absolute racer. Every race I've seen of hers, she yeah. just puts it out there and, and just seems to be in the perfect place all the time and just um, to deliver. She's a gamer, oh. mate. She's one of these athletes. Do you know like Lauren Price, the boxer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just knew she yeah, was going to yeah. win. You just look just at Keely Hodgson on that start line and you're like, she's a winner. She's, she's going to go out there and perform. At yeah. age 19 to yeah. have that. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. yeah. And um, the way she won those British trials, yeah, as well, yeah. Super. So strong, you know that coming through at the end where races are won and lost in the eight hundred. She's just uh, yeah, bossing it and bossing world class athletes yeah. like Laura Muir and um, yep. Gemma Riki at the British Champs. Yeah, I mean Laura Muir, what a silver medal to. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, well, to, to to finally get that medal, beat Hassan in the in the fifteen hundred. I mean, she had had a hard week, Hassan, yep. obviously, but. Um, I think so many athletics fans, particularly uh, GB fans, were just made up for her because she's been been there or thereabouts. Same with Holly Bradshaw to finally get you know that global global medal. You could see how much it meant yeah, to them. Fair play. That's just massive, you know, to finally feel like all the work has paid off and you've got that global medal. And what what I like about Laura as well, you know, I follow her, her on social and things, and she's back and she's so down to earth and she's back out there. Doing a training session on a uh, on a wet track, she was the other night. She's just a yep. proper, you know, proper runner, and uh, always been a been a big fan of how hard she works, and she's worked incredibly hard to get that medal, and yep. uh, and break the British record as well. So you know, world class performance. We've been in four by four BO relays together for Brunel back in the day. Should we have taken a a four by four team? We didn't have any runners yeah. at the British trials run under forty six seconds. You looked at the athletes we took obviously they've ran faster than us so it's difficult to be critical these these were the best athletes we had at the end of the day they haven't done anything wrong they're gaining experience 
but you look at the the race walker who we didn't take name escapes me but i don't know if you saw his case yeah i did narrowly missed out on the qualifying but the race where he missed out on the qualifying still ranked him as one of the top 20 in the world so had british athletics updated their policy he would have gone through in terms of world ranking he broke, which he could have qualified the british for. record as well didn't he over broke the british record and, and the race he did that was 500 meters too long when okay. they extrapolated how much time that 500 meters would have taken him he would have been under the qualifying anyway so you've got an athlete there that would have challenged no doubt about mm. it and i believe that event's being removed from the olympics as well so this was his last opportunity devastating Absolutely and then devastating, yeah. you yeah and then you see them taking a four by 400 meter team who we knew that team unless every other team made a major cock up were not going to make the final just wasn't going to happen it was uh the worst british four by four team we've ever had by a long shot and again no disrespect to those athletes but you look at the times you look at the facts relating to our four by four so weak and just should we have taken a team do you think given that other athletes missed out yeah, I, th- I think if you compare, if you hold it up against, uh, we should know this race walker's name. I feel bad that I don't know his name, but um, we'll look that one up. When you stand it up against him, you think, well, hang on a minute. If you compare the two, you think, what's going on here? Why are we taking him? Um, I haven't looked at it in depth, but on the face of it, it just seems... Dominic King. Dominic King. Yeah, and he's quite vocal on a few um, Facebook groups I'm on, saying yeah. how he just feels completely overlooked and what more could he do? You know, broke the British record. He's got the invite from World Athletics and he's still not taken. I'm sure he'll be sick. Unbelievable. It is, it is really. I mean, you would like to ask the question directly um, to British Athletics, the decision makers, and say, you know, justify this decision. Are you worried that it kind of opens the doors by being... It's not like they're they're, um, they're weakening their selection policy by doing this. This is a guy who's, who's right up there on the global scene. He's received an invite from World Athletics. For sure. Very bizarre. I don't understand the decision. I don't have a depth of knowledge on it. Um, but on the face of it, it just it just yeah, just seems incredibly harsh and just bizarre almost that, that you wouldn't take him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest race walking fan, but this is a guy's opportunity to go to the Olympics, possibly his last one because the event's you know not happening at... At 2024 so yeah i think i think it's being removed that was well, that, that, that was kind of my gist of what i was reading yeah, yeah. i heard that and and so four so, by yeah, four yeah four by four Bricks, do we take yeah, it do we not on the four by four obviously being 400 meter guys it's not nice to see the british level at its lowest for quite a while particularly when in the ones and twos the shorter sprints you know i go to a lot of the sprint meetings the standard's pretty deep of guys running sub 10 fives um on the domestic scene, which is obviously pushing the guys down to the low 10s, a couple of guys dipping under 10. We're not really seeing that in the fours. We have got some um, some good youngsters coming through. In fact, I think we have. I think the under, the, didn't the under 20 team run very close to the time that yeah. the Olympic team ran? So. And I think actually the fastest runners this year have actually come from the under 20 team. I yeah. believe the guy who won the um, under 20 championships one was it the world or the european it was the european 45 six something maybe i think he was definitely in the 45 yeah. so that's nice to see you know that um we've got guys of that standard coming through because it is a bit you know when we obviously we don't want to look back too much at that that golden era when we were running and looking at guys edward folds yeah he won the the europeans and his relay split was 44 nine yeah there we go 
I mean, hopefully that yeah. that's going to push that standard back to where we want to see it. I mean, these guys are working incredibly hard. The guys running, you know, low 46s, etc. To run that, that yeah. is phenomenal. To be part of the scene on the on the, the global standard, you've got to be regularly running under 45. And we haven't had a big batch of guys running that for a long, long time. Yeah. We could sit and chat for that, the reasons for that, for a long, long time. Maybe another another time offline. It's just disappointing. And, and, and for me, would I have taken them? No. Reason being... I think you have to earn your spot at the Olympics. And I, I thought the policy was fairly clear that you need to be a contender pretty much either for a medal or a final. And, and I was sure they weren't going to yeah. get into the final. They, they weren't finalist contenders unless something went wrong. I was impressed with the ladies 4x4 team. Um, they were in for a shout outside better than medal. Definitely would have taken them. I thought our 4x1 boys and girls did an amazing oh, job. Incredible. Um, yeah. It was, you know disappointing for, for the men's four by one but they they ran a race close to their potential there just i didn't have them down for a silver medal anywhere near yeah. that so great I, great performance i mean there. that uh, mitchell and, blake and, uh, if he had um brought in that sean a dive might have um made the difference wouldn't it exactly exactly <laughs> and then last one on the olympics track and field before i just get one final question for you mixed four by four hit or miss olympic stage miss I'm going to say miss. Yeah, it's a a miss for me as well. I'll tell you why for me. It's the first event. Yeah. So your better 4x400 and 400 flat runners are likely going to be rested for either their A, individual, or B, 4x4s. So you looked at the American team. You know, we know America have the strongest 4x400 meter runners. They they won the men's and women's relays easily. Right uh, on the final day when it was the when it was just a single gender, they they didn't win. I don't even, did, I don't even did they medal? I don't know. For I, the, uh, you know what? Mixed. I think that Again. that says it all that I had to remind myself yeah. who won it. It was Poland, wasn't it? Um, brilliant. Poland. It was Poland. Brilliant. Yeah, and the fact that I like a lot of the mixed events yeah. that they've added to the program, like in the swimming, definitely worked for the triathlon. Hundred percent worked. Thought it was amazing. But for the athletics, because of the placement and the fatigue level, I think with the swimming, you can get away with doing several races back to back because it doesn't have the same accumulative effect as running does. You know, we we know for us, if we're running a 400 meters, ideally, they don't even put another heat on the next day. They actually sometimes give a day's rest before the next one. Yes, it's a short duration event. These guys at the top class level, 43 seconds for, for the guys, you know, 48 seconds for the top class women now. Uh, but they usually leave a day's rest in between. Having it as a first event to an already loaded program doesn't hit the spot for me. Yeah, I mean, Olympics is all about the best. And, you know, having it at the start, your individual athletes who are focusing on indiv- individual events, their focus is on that. They don't, you know, they're not going to want to do a mix 4 by 4 at the start of the program. You pop it at no. the end and you might get countries who prioritise the mix 4 by 4 so it detracts from the... Um, the men's and women's individual. So, yeah, has it got a place? I enjoy the the sort of thinking behind it. You know, it's a fun event. Yeah, for sure. Fun event. And there probably is a place for it in athletics, maybe on the Diamond League once or, or twice a year or but a global, you know, big championships. And certainly at the um, at the World Relays, you know, great addition. But yeah, Olympic event, yeah, miss for me as well. 
last question, Gav. Let's move away from track and field yeah. athletics. Let's talk about one other event that lit your fire during these games. Okay. So we've already talked about triathlon, which was brilliant, but uh, obviously closely yep. linked with running and athletics. I'm going to go with one of the new events, Ian. I know we both uh, we both like this. What's it going to be? So yeah, the, the climbing. Absolutely loved it. Oh, it was amazing, yeah, wasn't it? So it was unbelievable. Really good addition. Which out of the three disciplines... So I had to look at you know I had to look into it a little bit and uh, I was thinking do they do the same route for the speed climbing all the time is that a set route that they just do or do they vary it up yeah. and it's interesting that that is the route isn't it that they just yeah, repeat and I don't know if they change it every couple of years or it's just it stays like no, that it's just set and and it's it's an individual event at the games in Paris so that will be a single discipline so that was great the bouldering yep. was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, when they're right on the limit and just, uh, I didn't see a massive amount of it, but the bits I saw, I was just grabbed by it. And, uh, you know, to see him trying these routes and uh, just going for that last, uh, that last grab that made the difference between, you know, Olympic medal or no Olympic medal, right on the limit. And we, we've done, we've yeah. both done a bit of climbing. I love it. It's a, uh, it's such a great sport. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a big fan of the, big fan of the climbing. Very pleased. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd put that out there. For me, I think, yeah, we've mentioned the triathlon. That was my best view. But maybe the skateboarding as well for me. I thought added a nice blend of youth competing against experience. Yeah. And I think we'll definitely bring a new generation of athletes into the viewing audience of the Olympics. And for me, exposure is just key. And the fact that young people were watching these games with such a diverse number of different sports... They, they would have watched those and there would have been not just one but several sports that they would have loved to have gone out and tried yeah. probably the BMX sorry was up there as well yeah. Forgot, you know I mean particularly from a British perspective that was just oh, amazing amazing to watch and those guys are taking big risks the speed they're going around those corners their potential for collisions and crashes is huge and actually we saw the world champ in the male event you know he actually had I think he had a proper bad injury in terms of like a brain hemorrhage or something didn't he, yeah, he in did. terms of had to be rushed to hospital and not great to see but just goes to show how high risk that sport is so yeah yeah big on the agenda of ioc to to get that younger audience involved and um and watching the olympics and uh, a lot of people were concerned about these new events coming in but what a big hit i love the skateboarding yeah just brilliant and yeah just you know these young it's ridiculous really isn't it that young teenagers 12 13 year olds are doing this standard of trick you know i used to fluff around on my skateboard when i was that age yeah try to try to do a dolly or drop in the big yeah. one was trying to drop in on the local half bike and then you know these guys are going yeah. to olympics and, and just doing insane stuff yeah. and i want to get back out there on my skateboard age 43 so i'm sure the younger the younger guys are just thinking wow you know i want to want to get on, the, on that skateboard and possibly end up at, you know, at Olympics in a couple of years' time, three years' yep. time. Yeah, now that option's available, for sure. Now nah, it was brilliant. Big hit for the Games Tokyo. Amazing job. And luckily now, just the three years to wait until Paris. Gav, we're going to hold it there, mate. I've taken up, taken up more okay, than your well. time. I said 10, 15 but, minutes, mate. We've nearly hit the Oh, we could mark. go three, four uh, hours, couldn't we? We could go for hours, mate, but uh, I think our audience have uh, had a, a good little taster on our views and thoughts there. Guys, if you want to, please comment on our Insta page. Let us know the hit and miss, athletes, greatest events, 
overall thoughts on the games it you know both myself and gavin obviously love these games and for me just it was a major hit all the way and despite these challenging circumstances tokyo organizing committee did a fabulous job and yeah we know there's a pandemic going on but this games has brought people together uh, has given people hope in terms of like inspiration uh, moving forward and, and a shining light at the end of the tunnel we, we're not sure when this covid journey is, is going to end but it feels like with these olympic games happening there's a bit of normality coming back so thanks for always tuning in and gavin thank you for your time as well bud. thanks again. And that, my friends, is Unlocking Athletic Potential. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and taken something away with you to help you perfect your craft.